Hello and welcome to Additive Insight, the original additive manufacturing podcast and your source of news, interviews and comments on the latest 3D printing and additive manufacturing intelligence, brought to you by TCT Magazine. I'm your host, Sam Davis, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Niall O'Dowd, the CEO of Phase 3D. Phase 3D provides in-process part quality data that allows additive manufacturing users to decrease schedule delays and reduce energy waste of finer part scrap through its fringe hardware and software solution. The company's fringe product offering represents the bulk of today's conversation, with Odal detailing its development capabilities and compatibility with a number of AM processes. We also discuss Phase 3D's work with the US Air Force and whether the inconsistency of print processes is holding the adoption of 3D printing back. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more additive insight, head on over to tctmagazine.com where you can subscribe to the print edition of TCT Magazine and our weekly additive insight newsletter for free. Niall, welcome to the Additive Insight Podcast. How are you doing today? Awesome. Thanks a lot for hosting me. No worries. No worries. So uh, Phase 3D is a company bringing uh, a real-time inspection solution for additive manufacturing to the market. Could you start by explaining the background and and motivation of the company? Yeah. So really, um, the main, uh, our goal and mission of the company is to enable this next phase of uh, additive manufacturing or industrial 3D printing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see the the technology is really transitioning um, from prototyping advanced and rapid uh, proof of concept manufacturing to something that is scalable and production ready. So certain companies like uh, Stryker, SpaceX, automotive companies are exploring the capabilities of 3D printing to not only prototype parts, but to actually bring full-scale production. Um, But there's a lot of needs that need to be met in the additive industry, um, such as quality assurance, real-time inspection, increasing throughput, finding defects early uh, during the production process. So that's really the motivation for our technology. Um, We'd like to enable these companies to use additive at scale by providing a quantifiable calibrated inspection system that can measure part quality. Um, So so users of the technology can be confident in the outputs. Um, They can improve their lead times and improve their yield with real data in real time. And what has been your experience with, with 3D printing? have you have you seen the, the these challenges firsthand and i guess what what's the extent to which print anomalies and defects are are present in in the typical 3d print build and i guess uh you know an, an issue that as you say needs kind of addressing yeah so i was really exposed to these um kinds of anomalies firsthand through my work with um, a few different department of energy national labs in the us mm-hmm. um so los alamos oak ridge and argon and among others, they see the benefits of this technology to print complex geometries, to address national security, um, energy, uh, even the nuclear industry. And 
you know, these parts can be created, they can be destructively tested, but tying those values from destructive testing into parts that you don't want to destroy, that you want to use, has been so difficult for additive because of the uniqueness of each part compared to one another. And that's really kind of what motivated me to start the company. It's one thing to print an amazing looking part that addresses geometry, weight, national free or um, vibrational constraints, but then not being able to certify that part or show that that part is high quality, you know, it really hinders the adoption of additive. And that's something that the additive industry really needs is adoption. The application space is, is growing fast, but it could be always growing faster and getting more users of the technology, getting the technology further into critical production is is what how we see the path forward to expand the AM industry. Can you tell us then about the, I guess, the, the solution that Phase 3D is, is uh, bringing to market? What do you, I guess, see as the key capabilities of, of that product? Yeah. So something we notice with in-situ monitoring technologies, there's a lot of relative or subjective information. Using images or looking at emissivity or the heat coming off of certain aspects of the part or the powder bed, it kind of tells a subjective story. And it's very difficult to use subjective data to, to qualify a part when the outside lighting conditions can change um, meaning that an image may look different one day or in one location, um, or uh, you know, non-calibrated monitoring systems can drift or uh, have difficulty with calibration and giving an objective information. So we really wanted to develop a technology that was objective, can be calibrated, and that measures quantities with real units. And that philosophy came from my PhD um, in structural health monitoring, where we use sensors to find defects in whatever structures um, you're looking at. And one of the main pillars is uncertainty analysis, quantifiable results, and measuring quantities that don't change or that aren't subjective um, from environmental conditions. So we've developed a system called Fringe. It takes rapid scans uh, before and after melting or bl um, blowing uh, for cold spray or binding for binder jetting. And using that scan, we can see geometrical differences in how the powder was deposited, how the powder was melted or binded or blown. And using that data, we find anomalies which can cause part defects or um, other kinds of process defects. And we chose this um, 3D point scan uh, height maps because it's calibrated. Um, we know the uncertainty and it's an objective measurement where the same defect is measured the same way, no matter where it is in the build area, no matter what day it is or what the weather is outside or um, you know where the printer's located, for example. And in terms of those height maps, um, you know the, the height maps of the of the powder or the melted layer, um, as is described on the on the Phase Three D website, how does that technology mm -hmm. work? And um, I guess what do those height maps tell the user exactly about the you know the the print process? Yeah, and yeah. So it's an off-axis sensor um, that we've developed um, using proprietary signal processing algorithms 
um, we've trained the optical sensor or not trained, but we've developed the optical sensor to be extremely sensitive in the regions that we expect to see defects. So we use some mathematical constraints that allow us to process um, capture and process data three times faster than general solutions. Um, and with those height maps, we're directly measuring things like powder streaks, powder hops, clumping, short feeds, spatter, uh, bill plate skew, um, and then in the melted layer, over melting areas which have um, non-optimal non surface roughness. Um, so it's, a, it's that geometrical measurement system that helps us identify uh, those kinds of defects. And does Fringe tell users what like what the problem is or just where it is how how intelligent is the the technology at this stage would you say yeah so once we measure those um those process anomalies they're then communicated to the technician in real time um, about one or two seconds after the layer is deposited or melted um the technician sees these anomalies represented in 3d in relation to where the part is um, in a format that the technician understands. So um, they're used to using SOLIDWORKS or other 3D, you know, Fusion 360 or other 3D design programs. So we've developed a user interface that works in 3D. You can see all of the defects, where they are in relation to the part, the severity of the defects, the size of the defects. Um, so the technician can process that in real time uh, remotely. Uh, we also generate a port uh, that shows uh, all of the anomalies, the severity, the size, um, if they're in the part or outside the part. Um, so that PDF can be shown to build managers. It can also be uh, interpreted by uh, users who aren't necessarily familiar with the CAD geometry or the specifics of the printer itself. Uh, and you're starting with a, a focus on part of Fusion and, and Bindajet technologies and obviously a bit of cold spray, which we'll come on to later. What was mm -hmm. the thinking around, I guess, starting with those processes first? Or was that was that where you saw that there were more issues? What, what was kind of the thinking behind the certainly powder bed fusion and binder jet as, a, as an initial target? Yeah, so we're right now we're targeting industries that have high requirements for certification. So the aerospace industry, the medical industry. Um, so after surveying the kinds of technologies they're using, Powderbed Fusion is one of the, you know, arguably one of the most mature types of metal 3D printing. Um, and a lot of the industries which have those heavy regulations with which have a huge burden on processing inspection, um, they're using Powderbed Fusion for these um, types of printing. So it's really based on the opportunity um, components that are produced that have high processing costs, high downstream costs. Um, they have the biggest pain when there's defects during the printing process. So we're targeting the technology um, with the most upside for our customers. And what, what kind of work would be required to expand to other 3D printing processes? So um, we do have um, a an active phase two contract with the Air Force Ellsworth base. Mm -hmm. um, we're adapting our solution to cold spray um, for uh, recladding and coatings. And so um, the hardware of our system 
and the graphics user interface remain similar, um, but then it's just uh, you know diff taking those 3D scans, developing new algorithms to find anomalies and defects. Um, so it's essentially um, you know each each case is different. Uh, a lot of customers come to us with requests for FDM or DED printing, and it's really about it's really about the upsides that we can provide to our customer and the requirements for inspection and also the market. So cold spray, for example, doesn't really have as many uh, quality checks or quality assurance steps. And we really want to provide a solution that can immediately benefit our customers instead of kind of adding to the, uh, you know, the pile of something like an FDM or something like that. Mm -hmm. And in terms of, the the cold spray uh, cold spray process and I know you're mm -hmm. you know, kind of working through that project with with the air force at the moment. I guess what are the considerations that you need to make for that process compared to powder bed or, or bandage jet? Where does it differ and how does that affect what what you guys have to do? Yeah, so for powder bed fusion and binder jetting, it's a lot of flat layers, and so the nominal conditions are pretty obvious. You know, you expect layers to be spread in a certain way. You expect them to be melted and the, the surface to change in a certain way. Uh, with cold spray, there's a lot more possible geometries and shapes that you expect to measure. So the solution and the algorithms that process what a nominal condition is versus a off-nominal or a defective condition, you know, those can be so specific to the certain application. You can be if you're spraying inside uh, a bushing to repair a cracked um, connector piece, it's much different than spraying um, on over a rod for recladding or perhaps spraying something from scratch from a flat surface. So it's really about the, you know, the increased complexity of the different geometries and the connotation that has. It's not so obvious what a nominal condition is, what an off nominal condition is with mm -hmm. cold spray. Uh, and and with the uh, U.S. Air Force, um, in terms of the I guess the collaboration with with that organization, how kind of hands on are they? What what kind of role do you have? Are you kind of just left to your own devices in terms of developing the technology for cold spray, or is there a bit more kind of teamwork between the two organizations as you develop that solution? Yeah, so there's a lot of um, back and forth with the cold spray project as well with our project with Tinker Air Force Base. Um, so we've been working with Tinker for the last two years, um, hardening our technology and adapting our commercial product for dual use um, with the Department of Defense, Department of Energy, um, as well as NASA Marshall Space Flight Center. Um, so there's a lot of, of technical buy-in with our technical points of contact at the AFRL. Um, we have bio, or every two weeks we meet with our customer and end user at Tinker Air Force Base, as well as, well as our TPOCs, as well as the build managers. Um, so we're constantly sharing with them how we're interpreting our contract milestones, ensuring that they have buy-in, asking them for feedback on our system, what they expect, how they expect to interact with our, with our system. So they've been a, an excellent development partner. It's been really interesting seeing how they use additive. There uh, are many aspects that are on the forefront of qualifying parts for airworthiness, which is a big push of ours. Um, you know, like I said earlier, you can print amazing parts that can solve problems 
and that are simply impossible to make with any other kind of technology. But until you can qualify or certify those parts, you can't really have them fly. Yeah. And so, you know, our goal of the Air Force is to reduce the time to achieve airworthiness for a part um, and also ensure part quality that part they're printing today matches all of the data that they've captured historically on that part. Right. And in, in terms of the solution that's developed from your end, are you able to kind of take that technology and apply it to other cold spray technologies and other users of cold spray? Or would, would this kind of be exclusive to, uh, you know, the U.S. Air Force and, and the DOD? It's it's under a dual use right. um, system. So the idea is that the the technology developments that we're developing for cold spray as well as powder red fusion um they have a commercial implication or a commercial possibility as well um so that's one of the most important parts and it's kind of baked into the contracting method um we're not just developing the system for the air force but we're also developing a system that can be used in the commercial market and there is commercial viability um that's a pretty major requirement for this kind of work that we do yeah okay um and on on the on the phase three website the u.s air force are, are named as one of the um many development partners that phase 3d mm -hmm. has um for fringe others include nasa um oak ridge uh illinois mm -hmm. institute of technology as development partners what is their what has their involvement been up to this point what is their involvement perhaps moving forward in terms of helping phase 3d develop the product how does that all work yeah, so the Air Force, um, they're directly um, funding us through development contracts to help solve their problems. Mm -hmm. uh, the NASA development uh, project is through a cooperative agreement note. Um, so they've purchased our sensor and we've entered a year long cooperative research agreement um, where we're running builds, um, looking at the, the impact of anomalies on parts, looking at microstructure formation, um improving our monitoring technology to suit their needs um so we're really excited about the successful completion of that um we're about a few months away um from finishing that project up and then beginning um, a more commercial relationship with nasa marshall space flight center illinois institute of tech has been supporting us um, we've been running builds and collaborating with um, dr mustafi um, so that's been really great looking at binder jetting, finding what kind of anomalies lead to certain part defects. Um, Oak Ridge, I guess this will be the first announcement um, for this, but Oak Ridge, we um, just began our uh, technical technical collaboration phase two, which is a multi-year um, creda with Oak Ridge to look at the implications of um, powder anomalies, binder anomalies on binder jetted parts. Um, so we're really excited to advance our technology on that forefront. Um, we've had some successful feasibility studies with Oak Ridge, and finally we've moved through contracting to get the technical collab phase two started. I still haven't announced that one yet, so we'll be writing an article about that. Cool, sounds good. Mm -hmm. And uh, earlier this year, uh, Phase 3D also announced its early adopter program. Um, so what from that program has the feedback been like so far? Um, and I guess what has phase 3D learned from from that kind of program and, and the, the conversations you will have had with your early adopters so far? Yeah, so the early adopter programs, um, it's been really taking off. Um, essentially, we're looking for 
early adopters who um, are so interested in the technology um, that they'll share data with us in exchange for uh, a reduced licensing cost of our technology. Um, we're really looking to gather as much data um, on real printed parts as possible. So we have some uh, early adopters who I don't think I can mention, um, but they're some of the main part producers in metal added to manufacturing for aerospace, which is really exciting. Um, and the feedback has been really awesome. Uh, essentially, in exchange um, for data, we're providing them with early access to features, um, new feature requests, the ability to get their hands on a technology that's developing so fast and being baked into um, kind of the roadmap of that technology. Because at the end of the day, we're we're serving our customers and keeping that relationship as as tightly with our customers as possible has been really um, valuable through customer discovery, uh, customer interviews, and now through um, actually printing at the facilities and uh, working closely with those because there are a lot of these companies they have um, awesome expertise awesome research scientists material scientists and phds working on you know applying these kind of inspection data to really getting information about their parts and how things are going at their facility mm -hmm. generally speaking and you know through the the conversations you have with some of your partners and your um, early adopters in you know in aerospace and defense and industries like that how would you assess the application of, of 3D printing technologies in, in those industries, where, where are we at, would you say? Yeah, so it seems like it's kind of all over the board. So with the medical device industry, companies like Stryker have really found a repeatable and profitable model to use many 3D printers printing components all the time. Um, but the technology is so new and every few years it seems like it's improving so much that you know we're seeing increased adoption but we're also you know the technology is increasing in fidelity but sometimes it feels like there's a little bit of a drip on the other side in the commercial side with the application so really you know motivating traditional manufacturers and teaching them about how they can use additive to create parts faster cheaper more effectively um, than the technology they've been using for 50 years, it's a it's a big challenge. Yeah. And, you know, we see ourselves as playing an important key in that challenge by helping to show um, stakeholders, whether they're the printer, the buyer, um, the approver, you know, this part was made with these certain defects, we've classified them, We've quantified them. We have this much confidence in the fact that this part will be a success um, compared to all of these other parts that we've measured. Um, and maintaining that information stream and the digital thread is not only possible for the first time with additive, but also required because of the part variants that you see so often. And how much would you say um the inconsistency of, of the print processes at this point is, is holding that application back. I'm sure through, you know, the, the companies you work with, you've seen some pretty interesting and impactful applications. How, how, what, what's the kind of scope for improvement 
um if if you know the industry as a whole can kind of get on top of you know some of the some of the things we've talked about today that you know the anomalies and the defects and the print process and that kind of thing if, if the processes were improved and more repeatable more reliable how how much better do you think the the application in these yeah. industries could be i mean these these printers that are being produced and used they're really the reason why additive has come so far and is now being adopted for production mm. so you know the existence are of our company isn't really proving that the printers aren't to quality or they're not repeatable enough for production we know that they're repeatable and can produce these parts in production successfully as shown by these really you know early adopters like spacex striker but really the importance of documenting and certifying the components with real data is never going to go away, no matter how good these printers get. You know, when you order bar stock, um, you want that certificate of excellence and you do testing on your own facility for traditional manufacturing, you do hardness testing, you make sure the specimens match what you get from the manufacturer. And with additive, it's not so easy. You can't test the raw material before you make it into the part because the raw material is formed into the part at the same time as the part downskins upskins geometry has such a major impact on material properties microstructure so getting that certification is so important for these industries like the medical industry aerospace industry so really it's it's the questions less about you know are the printers to snuff can they handle production loads it's more about you know, let's say the answer is yes. How do we know exactly? Is it by a part to part basis? Is it by a calibration that happens every six months or every year? Is it on a layer to layer basis or is it on a voxel to voxel basis? And the more um, detailed we can get with quality assurance, the more effective and efficient AM will be, the less post inspection will be needed, and really the costs will be driven lower so the industry can adopt the system and be confident in the part quality mm -hmm. um, additionally you know manufacturers will always be pushing the limits of the technology no matter where that limit is so let's say the designs today the overhangs the lattice structures were at 99.99 percent efficiency uh throughput you know we don't see any defects if you're printing at zero defects, it means that your design can be further optimized. So there will always be that cutting edge and there will always be the need for inspection and certification, no matter where that edge is. If it's where we are now, where we are in 10 years or 100 years, it's really important to have the data to back up quality. Uh, and finally, Niall, and, and thank you for your, for your mm -hmm. time today, to bring it back to, to phase 3D, what, mm -hmm. what's next for the company? What can we expect uh, to see from the company in the next you know, few months, few years? Yeah, so we're really excited um, to be advancing our technology, publicly announced partnership with uh, Metal 3D Printer Company, DMG Mori. Um, super excited to get our sensors um, installed as an option for their new US-based um, 3D printers. Um, collecting more data with our early adopters and building models that will not only predict part defects, but predict part performance. Um, really our goal, our ultimate goal is to be able to certify parts, not just to say no to parts, but to say yes. Um, so right now we're detecting anomalies. Um, we're building the, the models 
to equate how the anomalies affect part performance so we can reduce the load of parts to go into post inspection. Our goal is to be able to say we are confident this part will perform. We're confident that this we can certify this part, not only say, oh, this part is bad. And so that's really what we're excited about. Integrating our technology into the machine manufacturers, integrating our technology into certification for these advanced industries like aerospace, medical. Um, that's the, where we're at, where we're working on.